0: Grace, peace, and welcome to Podcast of the Wills, a podcast that treats Star Wars like a sacred text. I am Nick Milkey, and we are here on another Sunday, Episode 29. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk some Star Wars with somebody who has plenty of Star Wars to talk about. I'm super excited about our guest tonight. Um, a couple of things as we get started here, a couple of housekeeping things. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, I see we've already got some friends in the live chat. I see Andrew. I see Framie. I see Michael. I see Brandon um i know some more folks are going to be joining us tonight so thank you all for hanging out on a sunday night thank you for always being here and being a part of the podcast of the will star wars family it always means so much to me um that not only y'all come and hang out but y'all are my friends and amy Framie even said it themselves neighbor nick framey lives north of me in alabama um so i'm glad to see y'all tonight neighbor is hot and miserable as alabama still chooses to be um A couple of housekeeping items I am trying to get my screen share to work here. Um, Friday night, quick story, I went to the Atlanta Braves game um, over in Atlanta. Go figure. And um, had a great time. It was Star Wars night, and so I was super excited to go to Star Wars night. I'm a huge Braves fan. I'm a huge baseball fan. Baseball is my original sports love. I love all sports. Um, so the chance to go to Atlanta and go to the Braves game was really enticing. And for it to be star Wars night was even better. So we went and unlike previous star Wars nights that I have been to in the past, there were not characters. Normally the five Oh first shows up obviously Corona and Corona COVID is still going on and kind of rising in the South, especially. So I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. It's also August in Atlanta, Georgia, which means it's hot and they probably didn't want stormtroopers passing out all over the concourse. So I'm, Fine with it. I still had a great time. I did want to show y'all because you would appreciate. Um, I did get this really cool giveaway. It was the Atlanta Braves Star Wars came with my ticket to get in the game. Little Yoda word cloud hat. Um, What I have learned about myself, though, is I am not aware of the flat bill cap. Um, I don't think I have the head built for it. Um, I might be too old. I don't know. But um, I tried to wear it in the stadium for a little bit. And I sent a picture to my wife and she said, if it makes you happy, go for it, which was a clear indicator that that wasn't working. So I am glad for it to hang out in my collection. It looks good sitting in the back of the background behind me, but um, had a bunch of fun shout out to my buddy, Matthew for helping me be a part of that um, fun little adventure. So the other thing I was going to shout out, and I don't know why my screen share is not working, so bear with me, but we have t-shirts. Um, y'all have talked and seen our T-shirts before um, or have seen our T-shirts before. Here we go. Uh, over on Tee Public, all of our T-shirts are on sale for like six more hours. So we have the Dad Batch T-shirt. So for those of you that love our favorite Star Wars space family, um, you can get a Dad Batch T-shirt. We have the Spark of Positivity shirt that I put up last week as we try to be... Um, in the Star Wars fandom, the positive parts of our Star Wars fandom, we have the podcast of the Will's T-shirt. And then, yes, also, we have the heroes of the mom CU T-shirt. And if anybody is new joining us tonight, um, heroes of the mom CU is the other podcast that I have with my wife and four daughters where we are making my wife watch the star. I mean, the Marvel movies in chronological order. And we're recording a podcast about it because she is. As I say, the fish out of water when it comes to Marvel movies, she thought that Mighty Mouse and He-Man were a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, So it's a lot of fun. We watch the movie. We do like a pre-briefing. What does she think is going to happen? We look at the movie poster. We watch the movie. We come back and then get her feedback and her thoughts. And so we are about to start um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier one night early this week as before school gets back going full swing. Um, so we're at like episode 10, so it's been a lot of fun and we do have a t-shirt and stickers and some of that stuff. So T public is on sale for, um, just a few more hours. Like I said, and the link is, where is it? It's right here. T forward slash users forward slash Wills pod. You can find that on our Twitter feed. You can find that in a bunch of other places. So we would love for you to get some podcast of the Wills merch and represent us out in the world, wherever you are. Um, Tonight, let's get right into it because I have an amazing guest that I'm so honored that he has agreed to come on the show and hang out tonight. Um, I know he has amazing stories. I've heard it on some other, heard him on some other podcasts, and I'm just excited that he's here tonight. So my guest tonight is a voice actor. He has been in a million different things. He has a very long IMDb, which I've learned is sometimes suspect, but for the most part, probably pretty accurate. Um, He's done Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's done Pokemon. He's done Transformers. I have to say, and we're going to have to get into this for a minute when he comes on in my house, I discovered this week that he was the voice of some of the characters probably on Word World. And Word World is very popular with my children and was a big part of all of their growing up years. We have seen tons and tons of Word World. If you're a Star Wars fan, and if you have come anywhere near a Star Wars audiobook in any part of your life, um, this man has probably read that book to you. That amazing voices. Um, I forgot to ask the number, but I'm pretty sure it's well north of fifty or more. Um, but I'm so excited to welcome in tonight my guest, Mr. Mark Thompson.
1: Hey, how are you? <laughs> how <laughs> are you, me. sir?
0: <laughs> I'm doing great. You're the first
1: Word World fan I've met.
0: <laughs> hey. I said that earlier this week. I brought that up, and everybody <laughs> lost their mind. Word World was a legit like that was a big celebrity moment in the house when they found out that my podcast guest cool. was um, was some characters on World World. So, yes, that was a big one. But you have done so much, and thank you so much for being here. First
1: of all, oh yeah, this is a really cool podcast. From what you're telling me about it, I might have to come back and check it out. Absolutely, really cool. you're,
0: you are certainly welcome anytime. But. um It's hard to say I don't know where to start because you have done so many cool things. There's so much that you've done. Let's start here. Tell us a little bit about just kind of Mark Thompson in general. Introduce our audience
1: that might not know you to who Mark is. Oh, sure. Uh, So, yeah, as you mentioned, I'm I'm basically a voice actor. I'm I'm an actor. Uh, I have been on uh, Broadway and I did a a independent, very low budget, independent film uh, called Bringing Up Bobby, which is pretty cool. Um, But most of the work I found is in voice acting. Mm -hmm. Uh, I came to New York City to study acting at NYU and then kind of fell into voice acting. My first big break was on a cartoon called Daria, which was a spinoff of uh, Beavis and Butthead on MTV. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm the right uh, age for both of those. Okay, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So uh, and then I I guess from there, one thing kind of led to another. And uh, eventually I got cast on like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and. And I've kind of done a lot of animation ever since then, like you mentioned, uh, G.I. Joe mm-hmm. and Transformers and Teenage Mutant Turtles and Word World. Um, uh, and then um, I was really fortunate uh, as a lifelong Star Wars fan. I got to uh, audition for the Star Wars books and, and uh, I got cast. And and I, I think the first Star Wars book I did was the Legacy of the Force series. So the first one of the Legacy of the Force books. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ends up being a nine-book series, and, uh, and and it's kind of gone from there. And I think – I I haven't counted in a while, but I think I'm actually starting to near the 80 or 90 or maybe even wow. 100 mark, to, if you include all the multicast productions. Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. That is – absolutely amazing and we're going to talk in a little bit maybe a little bit more about how you got into that and some of the beginnings but as you said you've you've covered a wide range of fandoms from transformers yeah. G.I. Joe, ninja turtles um i want to hear your star wars origin story but before we get into star wars which is kind of our primary deal here i love hearing about other people's other fandoms i mentioned before you came on the marvel podcast that we're doing with my family um, which I love great marbles. idea, by
1: the way, that is such a great idea. <laughs> it, it's been a lot of fun.
0: There have been some really funny moments. We watched the Thor, the dark world the other night and they have the frost giants and she kept calling them the frostbites, which made all of us laugh. <laughs> um, and great. so we That's have true. had some moments, but we've also reached that point too, where 10 movies in, she's really starting to enjoy it and has oh, into some of the characters. So like the humorous moments are a little harder to find sometimes because she's really like she's oh I'm paying fan. attention yeah she's oh that's in. cool that's good um, but yeah but it's been a lot of fun but tell us you know obviously we're in a similar age range that you know I grew up with Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters and He-Man and some of those other things um, what are outside of Star Wars what are your summer fav- favorite fandoms whether it's just to be a fan of or even to work
1: on sure. Um- So I was, I'm actually, I always feel weird talking about this on Star Wars podcast, but I, uh, I'm actually a big Trekkie as well. Like I'm Uh a big, uh, Star Trek fan. I know for some people that's like, you know, (laughs) it's, it's one or the other, like pick a side, man. But like, I I like totally safe here with that. I grew up, my dad was a huge Star
0: Trek fan. And so I grew up with original series, next generation, the movies. Um, Yeah. And actually I just watched one night last week the first um, JJ reboot. I really oh, yeah. like those movies. I, I like, did, they're too. a lot of
1: fun. Yeah, no, I loved that. Especially that first one was so yeah, great. It was, it was really good. Balance of like nostalgia, but new stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So yeah, I, I, uh, I was a, was an, am a big Star Trek fan, have not gotten to work on a, any Star Trek projects to date. And that's something I would really, really love to do at some point. I'm like, given the opportunity um, grew up, a big gi joe fan like just watching that cartoon daily uh the transformers definitely was a big fan of that um indiana jones like you said i, I had uh, i went for one halloween as a ghostbuster and my dad built me a proton pack out of like an old water heater part and we we you know had like That's christmas amazing. christmas lights in there and and uh, so it was really cool so yeah i'm sure like a lot of the same i made an indiana jones movie with my brother <laughs> uh in our basement and we had like we were like walking around like you know the basement as if it was the the temple floor and we rolled a soccer ball and pretended it was like the giant boulder and we were That's running amazing. down the hallway from the soccer ball yeah so so all that stuff and then of course star wars big time right. you know just well, uh, uh,
0: well tell us a little bit then about your star wars origins you know when you saw it for the first time maybe the impacts and the stuff because obviously we were talking before we came on about the wishes that we had all of our original toys. Oh, yeah. And some of that. So I'm sure you have a bunch of that kind of stuff. But tell us a little bit about your introduction to Star Wars.
1: Yeah. So uh, I was born in 75. So I was too young to go to the theater in 77 or remember it. I, you know, right. So the first, like, it's one of those things where, I always feel like it feels like it's just always been there because of when I grew up. So the toys were always a part of my life Uh, when it was on television. I felt it was one of those things where you always were watching it on TV. And um, but the first like kind of crystallized memory I have is, is being in the theater for empire Um, and, and just being totally enraptured by it and just totally sucked in. And there's the moment when Luke crash lands, the X-Wing on Dagobah, and R2 falls into the swamp Mm -hmm. and, you know, Luke cries out, you know, R2, R2, where are you? And I, you know, was so wrapped up in the moment. (laughs) I screamed out in the theater, he's in the water. And everyone's like, (laughs) oh, you know, so like, but, uh, I I remember like, 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 oh, like help him, Mm -hmm. help him get, you know, so, so that's like my first actual memory, but then it's like, you know, it, it was just, you know, everything became a lightsaber, all the action figures, uh, and then when I was old, like I, the, the re-releases came out when I was uh, in college and just, I remember dressing up and going with friends to the re-releases and just what a big event that was. And then when the prequels came out, it was even more crazy <laughs> and more nuts. And, you know, I, I was there at, I guess it was episode one when Conan O'Brien was doing the Triumph, Triumph the insult dot. Like uh-huh. I was at the Ziegfeld when they were nice. filming that and I was kind of like peeking in the background, and you know, so. <laughs> it's it's always been there and um it's just uh it, it's it's a huge part of my life you know <laughs> so. so so
0: if we if we pull up the triumph video because of the glory of youtube can we find you in the back <laughs> no or? i I'm,
1: i've looked i don't think i'm there but like okay. i I, re- I distinctly remember the filet of fish wizard and the you know the uh, <laughs> but uh but yeah but uh, it was uh, i i slept out all night uh to guarantee seats for that and, and actually my son when episode three came out my wife was pregnant with our second child and uh he was his due date was basically you know the day that episode three was going to come out right and uh i had already counted the cost and i was like of course i'm going to be there for the birth of my child but <laughs> like, but he happened to be born like at like you know maybe like one or two in the morning or something right and so i was like so honey like do you need me? Like, is there anything else that's I right. can do? Everything cool, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, you can go to the movie. So I was like, okay. So, like, so well, I episode I, three I was like, I just became a father and everyone was like, yeah, well, that's awesome. That
0: yeah, nothing better than a good audience cheering for that. Well, I have a similar, but not quite the same story. Uh, when our middle child was born, I have twins. So it uh-huh. seems weird to call her the middle. Cause there were already two, but, um, I have another one after her. So she is the middle child. Um, when she was born was the day that um, Dark Knight came out. Oh, wow. And we checked into the hospital early that Friday morning, and there was the midnight premiere. Well, that was when there was the shooting at the theater in Colorado oh, wow.
1: at the premiere
0: of The Dark Knight. Oh, wow. Well, of course, we're in Montgomery, Alabama. And so, you know, we're not anywhere near that. But, like, we were standing in the ER checking in for a scheduled C-section. You check in through the ER and all that stuff. And all the TVs were about this mass movie theater shooting for Batman The Dark Knight in Colorado. Wow. Wow. Well, I had already had this plan. My parents had my twins, and they were taking them to my nephew's birthday party. My wife was going to have this baby early and quick and soon, and her Mm -hmm. mom and sister were coming. And so I had already had plans to go see the Saturday morning showing (laughs) of The Dark Knight. (laughs) Right when my (laughs) child... she was fine with it until we saw that. And she's like, are you sure? I was like, it's going to be. So I went. Yeah. And but it was still just that same like, yeah, my wife had a baby three hours ago. And I right, right. by myself. <laughs> yeah, the Bat right. Um, and it, I, and that story happened to come up just earlier this week with the kids oh, at no some way. Point, And they're like, really? You, I was like, yeah, she had her mom and her sister. It was
1: fine. <laughs> I've gotten um, a lot of flack over the years because of that. But I still feel like. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Like, they're both going to be sleeping. I'm going to, that's you know, right. But- Everybody was, cool. <laughs> that was the Time to go. I wouldn't have done <laughs> it if it was anything serious. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But it's the love of the, you know,
0: the property and whether it's yeah. star Wars or Batman or whatever it is, you know, being a part of those moments. And of course the world has changed so much now, even in this age that we're in with getting back now, sort of to movie theaters, but yeah. then stuff is still on the rise. And now we have all these at home premieres and, you know, it's a whole different era and level. But, yeah. you know, there was something, especially when we were high school and college kids to a midnight premiere. Oh. Um, you live somewhere where camping out made sense. Mm. As somebody who went to college in Montgomery, Alabama, and a lot of our listeners have already heard this story, but I think you would really appreciate it. Um, the premiere for The Phantom Menace, 99, some friends and I, we got together and we're like, we're gonna go see the midnight showing on that Thursday. Well, it was like 10, 15 we're at a buddy's house just kind of killing time until it's closer to midnight to go to the theater. Cause there's not going to be crowds here. Well, the 10 o'clock news was on and there was a reporter outside the local movie theater and there was this huge crowd behind her and she was talking about star Wars is back and there's excitement at the rave movie theater and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so we kind of panicked, we're like, holy crap, there's a line, like we've got to get over there. So we rushed over to the movie theater to get in line, worried about seats. The newscaster staged a line for her stand up set for the 10 oh o'clock news. Gosh. We got there and there was nobody there, oh. and they like literally <laughs> got a shot where it was just people who looked like they were in line for something. Oh. Um, so we killed like another hour and then got in. But I was always that was always my Phantom Menace story was the fake line that right. <laughs> caused everybody to panic the for the news. Line. Yeah, um, the actual fake news, if yeah. you will. Um, <laughs> but... So you definitely and that I say the same thing, too. I feel like Star Wars, I was, Star Wars has always been in my life. It came out yeah. in 77. Um, my first experience was seeing um, Return of the Jedi at a drive in theater in the back mm-hmm. of my parents station wagon in central Illinois. Um, oh, that's cool. And so it's just always been there. And I was in college when the prequels came out. And so I feel like we have those different similar journeys, you know, as we come into this fandom where our courses tend to part way a little bit is you get to work for star Wars as yeah. a voice actor. <laughs> you get to do, I mean, you've read, like you said, you're getting closer to like 80 or 90, you know, audio at this point. Tell us a little bit about, you know, getting into that work. I know you mentioned working for Daria and doing some of those other things, but tell us about getting into the audiobooks and kind of what that process was. Cause obviously it was a dream come true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, so basically what happened was, uh, I, predominantly just done animation or commercials and things like that. And uh, one day my agent called and said, you know, well, have you ever done audiobooks?" And, and I was like, no. And, you know, at first I was kind of maybe trying to talk myself or talk her out of it because right. in high school, I was kind of the kid who got the cliff notes version or rented the movie <laughs> version of the book right. and did the book report on the cliff notes of the movie because I just was not, someone that enjoyed reading yeah or like you know wasn't a big reader and uh the idea of like having to read an entire book now was like why would i do that if i don't have to you <laughs> know so so i was trying to kind of like kind of play it off like i wasn't eh, eh, no i haven't really done an audiobook and she's like well what about like a, a star wars audiobook and i was like whoa, 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 whoa hold on hold on. yeah yes 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 <laughs> <And> then, uh, <laughs> let's back up here yeah, yeah yeah. so so um they gave me the sides and i'd never done an audiobook before. Um, so, uh, so, they, they give me the script and I'm, I'm looking it over and I just like really worked on it. Like, like usually auditions, you read it two or three times and then you go and do it your thing. Sure. But this time I got it a few days in advance and I was like studying this thing. I was like, you know, practicing the voices and and listening to the films and trying to get as close as I could. And I was praying about, it. I was like, God, please let me get this, you know? <laughs> so I go in and I, I do a decent enough job where. That they like it and uh and, and i got cast and, and i always tell people like i think i got cast because uh just growing up i always used to have an ear that would mimic things and i would kind sure. of mimic voices and parrot stuff and so i think i got cast because i could do a reasonably good enough approximation of, of the voices from the movies and the films right but uh i really had to learn on the job how to narrate an audiobook because that's like a separate skill and like at first like kevin thompson who's the basically the main director and producer of a lot of the audiobooks like you know he's been doing it for, for probably close to 20 years now but like he's okay. he's just like amazing at what he does but he had to like really help me learn to like make the narration and the prose interesting and engaging cuz i would i would do okay when it came to the dialogue but when it came to just the straight narration i was kind of kind of glossing over it just to get okay. to the next scene um, but he really coached me through and basically taught me how to do this, uh, and I'm very, very grateful to him because of that. Because now it's just been this huge thing, and now it's like audiobooks. The Star Wars audiobooks are probably my favorite thing on my resume now. Like it's, it's sure. the thing I love doing even more than the animation in some ways. It's it's so it's it's really been a huge blessing. Well, and I'd love to hear. Yeah, it's so neat, and I have
0: I have always enjoyed reading. And, like, especially again, to grow up in the time that we grow up in, like that original Thrawn trilogy, the, Air yeah. of the Empire books, like I read those in high school religiously, and the Jedi Academy trilogy with Kip Duron, and, mm. you know, um, some of those, you know, other books, John Jackson Miller, Timothy Zahn, like all the ones that wrote before Disney and before the new kind of canon legends deal. I read tons of those. And as I have become an adult, as I have work and responsibilities and all these different things, I'd still like to re- I'm woefully behind on Star Wars books. Like, oh, okay. I have general ideas of what's going on in the High Republic, but I haven't uh-huh. touched any of them. Um, but the audiobooks have been like, oh, that, the only combat, the only competition for my audiobooks is um, the amount of podcasts that I listen to, oh, yeah. Star Wars <laughs> and otherwise. And so audiobooks, and I heard that I have heard this from a lot of folks and especially, you know, as you have younger Star Wars fans, you have people who struggle with ADHD, you know, the ability to focus and read a book, the audiobooks have really blown up and opened up this great other way for folks to get engaged with the rest of the Star Wars stories yeah. outside of just the movies. And it's neat to hear about the process of, you know, the voices versus, like you said, the the narration and the, you know, the points that you need to know. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your process for the voices, because obviously that's something that fascinates me to no end. Um, you talked a little bit about having an ear for being a mimic, um, and it's not really impressions as much as it is, you know, doing an approximation of, you know, your version of that voice. Because nobody yeah. expects you to be Harrison Ford. Nobody expects right. you, you know, to be able to pull off a Ben Burtt. Level, although all of your <laughs> voices are really good, no, you know, you have to kind of own it in your own way. Tell us about that process
1: if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. um Basically, if there's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get the script and I read through it. And then anytime there's a line of dialogue, anytime there's a character that speaks, I'll jot that down on some notes. And then once I've figured out all the speaking parts, I go back. And I, I cast it, meaning I figure out, like, what are the voices I'm going to use for each of these characters? And so if it's a legacy character, meaning it's a character who's appeared in one of the films or the TV shows mm-hmm. or the or a video game or one of the cartoons, I, uh, I try to find a sample of that. So YouTube has kind of saved my life because uh, <laughs> I go there yes, and, no doubt. and Disney Plus is now a necessary investment for me uh, because <laughs> I can go back and refer to all that. Um, so I'll get samples of that and then try to kind of find my hook, like, you know like what you know are they using a certain accent or a certain rhythm or, or you know and to try to kind of imitate that and then for everybody else um I, i'm really looking very closely at like how the author describes this character like okay so if they give me any hints about you know like sometimes it'll, it'll say you know the the they they bellowed or with, with, with a gr- the, you know, Han hears a gruff voice from behind him, or, you know, so there's certainly certain descriptors that, that I can like latch on to. Um Other times it'll be a specific alien species. So mm-hmm. I'll go to, I'll go to Wikipedia and, and look <laughs> at right. that species and, and I'll look at the, you know, the, the, how, if they appeared in the comics or what drawings there are. And, and maybe something about that drawing inspires how I might do that voice. Um, Or, or maybe it's just the, uh, an attitude of the character. Like, you know, like maybe they're, naturally shy or they're naturally brash or bold or whatever it is. So I take all those factors and then I try to kind of, I I record samples of what I think might work for that voice. And then when it comes time to record, we get in the booth and you know, I'll start off and then if I need a refresher, I'll listen to the samples that I recorded just to get it back in my ear and then kind of record the lines. And then, uh, and then the editors have to (laughs) deal with all my starts and stops and, and pauses and stuff. And, uh, that's right. that, 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 that part's not your problem
0: is it yes exactly
1: yeah sorry paul yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right I'm, ju- I'm just
0: here to give you as much to work with as i can so exactly let me, yeah. let me do it several times um <laughs> well and i've heard so many of your voices in a minute i'm gonna see if you'll do a couple of your favorites for us but um another thing that fascinates me I, again i've always been fascinated by impressionists i've always been fascinated i grew up watching you know johnny carson reruns or letterman and yeah you know, you'd have somebody come on and You know, sometimes you had a comedian or somebody who that was their deal, but then you'd have other times you'd have celebrities come on. And to watch a celebrity who's a person in their own right, then be like, oh, yeah, I do, you know, Michael Caine or I do Christopher Walken. Like (laughs) that cracks me up as well. Yeah, Um, And something that I I've always and I wish I could do impressions. I can't. Um, But i have being fascinated with there's a video I watched one time and I think it was on The Daily Show back when Jon Stewart was the host. Michael Caine was on. And Michael Caine was talking about he had he was there doing promo for Secondhand Lions. okay, the movie that came out, I think, in the early 2000s. And he was supposed to be an old guy living in Texas. So, of course, very British Michael Caine, who we all love, was John Stewart was asking about, you know, you did a Texas accent and it sounded really good, the southern accent. And the way he described it was he said, you know, my British accent, he said, you imagine a bunch of soldiers all lined up in a row, prim and proper and whatever. He said, that's my British accent. He said, now imagine if somebody tipped the first one of those soldiers like a domino and they started to collapse. And as he was saying that, he transitioned into that lilting Southern. And it was one of the most brilliant. I was just like, holy like!" I'm going to look that up. That's cool. Thinking about how to get to, which now for us would be like, you know, Southern voiced Eli Vanto. Or, wow. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Some, somebody, Captain Pelion or somebody else who, you know, has that deep star Wars Southern voice. I love, um, you know, we say space Boston for Mandalorian. Yeah. But that always stuck with me as far as like the process of like figuring out how mm. to do some of those voices. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a neat way to kind of illustrate what that was like. Yeah.
1: That's
0: that um, sounds fascinating. So, for you, if I can put you on a spot for a moment, what are a couple of your favorites
1: and would you give us a couple of those, a couple of lines and, <laughs> and
0: some of your favorite voices?
1: Oh, sure. Um, well, you know, probably my all-time is uh, do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and then, uh, can't
0: can't go wrong with a Yoda.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, oh dear, Master Solo, I do hope you won't mind me interrupting. Oh, too, what are we doing here? We're doomed. No. Uh, <laughs> C P is fun. Oh, Chewy, yes. punch it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I just and again, I've heard you do this on other shows, and I hope some of our listeners are enjoying it as much as I am. <laughs> I do have to ask though, like especially when you're doing three P O, the gestures just come with it. When you're in the booth and you're doing the book, are those
1: gestures there? Absolutely. I like, it, and that's <laughs> like it, when you're talking about Michael Caine's thing, like that. Yeah. Like uh, my body posture is is one of the tricks I use to try sure. to help me get into things. So. Oftentimes when I'm doing Yoda, I'm hunched over. And when I'm doing Freepio, I'm upright and I stiffen out my arms. And it, it just, for some weird reason, it helps me channel it a little bit better.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, And I think about, too, we got all that great behind the scenes stuff with Mandalorian. And, of course, a lot of what Pedro Pascal did, being an actor in a mask, or as we learned, like two thirds of the time, he wasn't in there. Yeah. But they did a lot of VO for that. And so we got the shot of him. Recording oh, yeah. And he was holding the pillow while yeah. like he was holding Baby Yoda to kind of I give himself that. that, you know, physical um, and whatever. So, again, I think that's so neat. Let me ask you this. Who is the most difficult? What is
1: the most difficult voice for you to do? What challenges you the most? Um, I mean, there, there have been some aliens that we've done that can be hard to do for extended periods of time. Right. <laughs> so, like. I think uh, the one that's coming to mind right now is uh, in the last Thrawn book, there was a character I believe called the magus. And um, if I can remember, she was uh, like, uh, we are not alone. I must be allowed to drift into (laughs) non-existence. And it's this like very high scratchy thing. So like doing, doing that for... You know, if she had a long scene, that could be challenging after a while. That's right. Get get, get that good
0: vocal fry going on. Yeah, yeah. Start to feel it a little bit. Um, Well, one other thing that I'm fascinated about, and I've heard you talk about this a little bit more, or I've heard you talk about this on other shows. um, You also do, you know, obviously you do female voices, you do Leia. You know, you're not a female. And so there has to be a little bit of a challenge or degree of difficulty in that because, you want to do it in a way that serves the character and fits with the story but not feeling like you're just going oh hi i'm a girl and like making it a caricature uh talk about that process for a second if you don't mind
1: yeah um yeah it's it's definitely a unique challenge and it's definitely um in a weird way um like what i what i try to do is um i have this great a book that i read a while ago called uh talking funny for money and i can't remember the author's name but she she basically talked about how, how you have different resonators and uh right. talked about like your chest and your throat and then um your nasal uh resonator and you know and then uh she talked about your head voice and like so a lot of times when i'm doing leia or other you know female characters i'll just try to kind of place it in my in my head in my and my head resonator and just give it ever so slightly a lighter touch or you know a little more breath in my voice perhaps um and like han what are we doing you know and and just so and and it's oddly that's that can be challenging vocally for for a long time just because it's not where i'm used to having my voice placed but um that's kind of my workaround for the you know to try to try to kind of you know make them sound distinct and 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 whatever so so, sometimes it's it's, it's it's helpful, and, and sometimes it's like, nope, that's just a dude, and, and I don't buy it, you know, but but I, I do the best well, I can. <laughs> and, I, and I
0: think especially for as far as Carrie Fisher and Leia is concerned, Carrie Fisher is not one of those high-voiced no. – I mean, she sounds like a woman, yeah. but she sounds like a woman that, like you said, you could do, and, you you know, there – And there's – and for the, who the character is and for who Leia is, she's not the damsel in distress. No, no, no. She's a badass general who yeah. – has control, takes control, takes charge. And so that has to lend something to it too, is you're not trying, you're not the victim tied to the railroad tracks. Right. You're, yeah. you know, you're assertive and, you know, doing someone who knows who she is. And so that I would think helps drive some of that too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that is super fantastic. I really love that. And I love hearing those voices. Um, you know, droids are fun. Obviously you don't, you know, to be able to do a 3PO, that that's such unique character built into it um you know the quirks of it and your 3po is fantastic it's oh, i thanks. mean it, it's as good as any of the other non anthony daniels 3PO's yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can get anywhere um but um as we kind of transition one of the things i also would love for you to talk about um i've heard you mention this before and it's going to lead us into our top seven list Um, You do some Saber Guild stuff. Is that correct? Yes, 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 yes. Tell us about Mark and the Saber Guild.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, like I uh, uh, somewhat recently, I guess maybe like a year or two ago, I uh, finally just got up enough courage to to apply for the Rebel Legion and Saber Guild. And I and uh, I I met uh, Christine Evans, who's one of the the captains in New York was able to help me get my I had an Obi-Wan thing that I would cosplay in for uh-huh. fun <laughs> and uh, and she helped me get it to be a, a generic Jedi and uh, and uh, and I joined Saber Guild and so sometimes I'll go out and uh, lately we've been meeting in Washington Square Park and we'll do Saber <laughs> practice in the middle of Washington Square Park and people are like what's going on over there <laughs> but you know you do stunt um, Saber work and put on little Saber shows and we'll go to like Combo conventions or public libraries, or, you know, we used to before COVID go to like children's hospitals and just do little, you know, uh, a little show and, and, and sometimes do like a Padawan training thing where the, the kids get fake lightsabers and we right. kind of teach them a, a basic routine and try to raise some money for charity and uh, and awesome. have fun dressing up. And it's, it's, I, I love it. It's, it's a lot of fun.
0: That that's so fun. And that, like I said, that is going to lead us into our top seven list. I do have to jump back for one quick second, if you'll allow me. Oh yeah. Um, I, as I have mentioned, I am woefully behind on the High Republic, but a lot of our viewers and friends hanging out in the chat are not. And there has been a lot of calls for a little bit of Markion Row. Oh we could. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I know there's and I know there's also some questions about whether that's the right way to say it or not. But I feel <laughs> yes. like I feel like that's how I was told I'm supposed to say it. So yes. however you say it, we, we need a little bit of Mark and a little bit of Markion or Marchion Row. Okay. It works. Okay.
1: Uh, let's see. Um You think that I'm not in control, but what you do not realize is that I am your eye. I am the eye of the storm and you will follow me or die.
0: (laughs) Amazing. All right, so as I said,
1: Yeah, we're getting, we're getting comments galore. (laughs) That is chilling. Um,
0: So let me ask this question since we're here for just a second. Sure. This is a character that we don't know anything about. This is a character that we've never seen before. There's not, you know, there's no animated version. There's no other real version. So you get to kind of chart the course on, at least for where we are right now, what Mm. this character sounds like. Michael said, um, Earlier up in the chat, he gets a John Malkovich vibe out of Mark out of your Markian row. Is, are, is he on it? Is that did that? Was yeah, inspiration that's, there? that's
1: awesome that he picked up on that. Yeah. Uh Yes, that was that was basically one of the sources I was trying to channel. Yes. Is, okay. is, is, uh, and so of,
0: do you get any guidance when you get to come up with like a new character? Do they kind of say, what are you thinking? Do they say this guy's you know, super grumbly? This guy is fast paced
1: like where are the notes in a new character that we don't know so um i guess everybody's different but for me i'm usually getting the script a few weeks before we have to record which might sound like a lot of time but it's not like i've got i've got to read the whole book cast every single a lot of times there's like you know 60 70 80 90 sometimes different characters in a book I've got to figure all that out and then be ready to record. So like there's, there's not a lot of time for um, going back and forth on things like that. So most of the time I'm, I'm just seeing what the author has written and then letting that be my primary source of inspiration. And then I come up with the ideas and then Kevin, who's the director producer um, basically says yay or nay. So like, you know, like, like about 80 to 90% of the time, he's fine with whatever I choose. And then, you know, 10 to 20%, it's like, actually, why don't we try this instead? Or I'm not sure that voice is going to work for this character. And so there have been some times where we've had to go back and, and, you know, we'll, we'll record like, you know, half a chapter or a chapter. And then he'll say, you know what, I'm not sure that's going to work. So like, let's go back and change it to this. And um, so, but most of the time we're basically now we've worked together for about 10 years and we're, we're basically on the same wavelength now. And a lot of our instincts are, Kind of lined up now. So, um, for, for like, uh, I know the <laughs> <laughs> I, we say Martian. The they initially, Lucasfilm gave us a, uh, you know, the they they always give us a pronunciation list for every book. Right. So, on, on the on the list they gave us, it was Martian and it was Nihil. I know that the authors all say Marcion and Nile. Right. Um, so it's but but I've reached out to. Charles, at least. And, and he kind of said, don't worry about it. Cause I was like, so like, Oh no, are we saying it wrong? Like everybody's like asking me, what do I do? And Charles was like, it's the new Han Han, or, you know, or That's the, right or Leia, Leia you know, so don't worry about it. I was like, okay. All right. So wait. So you, uh, mean to
0: t- you mean to tell me there's controversy in star Wars, Mark? Yeah, what, are, uh, what is going yeah. on? Here?
1: <laughs> so, but uh that's yeah, so that's fantastic yeah so i don't know we i i don't know what's going to happen now but we, we i feel like it's kind of been established in the audio in the delray audiobooks at least the disney audiobooks that the new one says mark Jan, and okay. so I, I who knows what's going to happen i'll say whatever they tell me to say i'm a meat puppet in a booth i'll do whatever you want <laughs> me to do so you,
0: you do what i get to work for star wars tell exactly yeah <laughs> exactly um, so well and you, you yeah. have
1: to think that was
0: like all of us Americans, when Harry, the first Harry Potter came out, and every one of us read it as Herm- Hermione Granger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then one day yeah. when the movie came out, I was like Hermione. Well, oh, yeah. Yeah. Herm- yeah, Hermione. Exactly. We were all yeah. like, Hermione, and Hermione one. And right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so that's outstanding. I love that, and I love hearing about those processes. I think that's yeah. so neat to to figure out, you know, where that works and what, you yeah. know, the role. And again, you have such a long established relationship with the folks that you're working most directly with, you know, they trust, okay, Mark's going to do this. And if there needs to be a tweak, you tweak yeah. it. But otherwise yeah. like you have to keep it moving too, because yeah. we are in a golden age of star Wars and there's lots more books coming and lots yeah. more things, which is good news for Mark Thompson. I would imagine. Yeah. It's, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> But, I hope so, and so there's, a lot, there's a lot of other great narrators as well. But I, I'm I'm absolutely. super grateful anytime we get to do it. Just a quick but, um, plug for High Republic, though. I know you haven't yeah. checked it out, but like it's it's I I, I know I'm biased, and I, and you would expect me to say this, but it's it's some of the best Star Wars storytelling I've been a part of. Like I, I'm really loving the High Republic, and Kevin and Charles and Claudia and Justina and mm-hmm. uh, Daniel are all doing just amazing, amazing work. And uh, and and, and Marcion or Marcion is like a really complex, cool character. And uh, it, was, it was fun finding a voice for him because he is he, he starts off as kind of this maybe un- underestimated or, or kind of, you know, not not who you would expect to be the big bad and then kind of sure. works his way up to it. And it's a, it's a, so it's, it's worth checking out when you absolutely you well. And, or, you know.
0: and I will say and I'm going to echo fanboy Cantina right here. I've got to check out High Republic. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Like, I'm not one to be skeptical about Star Wars. Star Wars is supposed to be fun. I don't go in for the negativity. In fact, that's why we have a shirt in our store that's hashtag spark of positivity. Let's that's have cool. fun. If yeah. it makes us mad, let's go away. Um, but I will say, despite not having time for reading, like I've read a couple over the years. I read the, um, what's the the Kanan and Hera book? Oh, yeah. Um, um, new... Uh, new dawn yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah that's a great book of course i love bloodline like i've written i love a good real book when i can do it but what happens is i get in bed at night and the path of least resistance is to watch a show on my ipad sure. with an earbud in yeah, yeah and pass out and not turn a light on and disturb my wife or whatever but i will say with the amount of hype that has been around high republic the people that i know that i trust their opinions that have raved about it like it is very much on my to-do list yeah and i keep thinking that i've cheated the system a little bit because every now and then kindle will put one of the books up for like 99 cents and every time i see one of these 99 cent kindle book sale i'll snap it up the problem is none of them are the first ones, so i still need to go back (laughs) and get in line and do it in the right order so it is something i want to get to hopefully this fall is kind of a goal i've set is to get you know, into the books and caught up. And of course now I need to do the audio book so I can hang out with my friend, Mark Thompson. (laughs) Uh, Um, But we talked about lightsabers. I kind of got us out of order because I forgot to, you know, give Martian the, the shrift that he deserved. Right. Um, but we're going to get to our top seven list and you obviously are somebody who loves lightsabers. Yeah. Um, and so Mark's top seven list tonight, if y'all didn't catch it on Twitter, is his top seven lightsaber battles in Star Wars. Yeah, And this is a phenomenal list. And I'd, I'll i give you credit. I ha- Every time we do this, I always do top seven. For some reason, that's the number I picked the first time and we've just stuck with it. There's no real reason. But I have had multiple guests, whatever their topic is, say, I really just need to do ten. And I Uh-oh. like holding, I like holding <laughs> their feet to the fire and making yeah. them kind of have to make choices. Mm. Um, and to your credit, you did not respond to me and say, this is really hard. I can't come up with only seven. I'm sure there's other ones out there. And oh, I, picked yeah. a of, I picked a couple of bonus selections that we'll get to at the end that weren't okay. on your list. Yeah. Um, but we're going to jump in with your number seven and I'm going to put it up on the screen. and I just want you to tell us about, you know, what you love, why you picked it, that kind of thing. We have Ray and Ben versus the Knights of Ren, as well as Palpatine. You got the, the big City. finale, yeah, <laughs> for. Rise of Skywalker and there is a lot on the screen in fact I need to get the um get the frame out of the way here so that we can we can see every every
1: take it all in in its glory but yeah. um
0: tell us about this as your selection.
1: What you got my favorite all the moments on there. Well it's so great. Like uh it, well first of all for the record it was hard and I did want to put more on the list but I tried to be this one. Uh what I love about this is I I love that's um that, that Kylo comes around. And that, you know, he's, he comes back into the light. So that's exciting. And then just the moment where Ray, you know, reaches behind her back and then passes yes, the lightsaber gosh, to him. So that was like such a great, like, cause especially since they established it through the movie about how they're able to pass physical objects and through the force was so cool. And to see it used in this way was awesome. And then just, you know, like it's just the, 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 the shrug, the like all the 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 moment you're showing here on the gif with the the flip and then coming around (laughs) it's just it was just such like it was just a because it's i love it when the characters are put in this predicament you're like well how are they going to get out of that and then like they come up with this way of doing it that i wasn't expecting because it it really did feel like there's no way out of this what are they going to do and then just this very simple thing was Mm -hmm. like oh you know (laughs) so it's just (laughs) that was a very fun moment for me
0: oh it's so good and for me you know i'm you know, I, I am very positive about the sequel trilogy. Sure, there are things I wish that were different, as we all do. But yeah. it's not going to make me angry. I'm not going to burn a couch or light anything right. on fire because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Yeah. But there are so many little notes, especially through this whole sequence. Like you said, you mentioned briefly the shrug. Uh-huh. That's such a Han Solo. This yes! is Han Solo's kid move. Right. Like, the, and and when he before he gets the saber. When he first gets there and he's running in, he shoots the guy without the looking no look. at him. Yeah, it's yep, the yep. most Han Solo thing. Totally that can happen. Yeah, and you know, of course, I love that. You know, we get Ray. You know, continuing to be this fully developed, realized Jedi, and she's had to learn it. She learned it from Leia. She learned it from the books that she got from Luke. But like, she is, she's awesome. And yeah. you know, to see, and again, I love also how this mirrors and not to spoil one of your choices, but it's an easy choice. Yeah. This also has a lot of mirroring to the pal, uh, the snow room scene totally,
1: totally. that we get in last Jedi. Yeah. So and I real mean, there's quick, no way this on. isn't a worthy choice. Oh yeah. And just, it just even, even Ray, Like making like crushing the one guy and then deflecting the laser bolt with the force is is cool, too, because, you know, it's fun to see the combination of force and lightsaber skills all at the same time.
0: It absolutely is. And like Framie just said in the comment that I put up on the screen, Ray has so much going on in the sequence. They both do. Yeah, there's so much blink and you miss it moments like pushing a blaster bolt back, pushing a person back. Right. You know, Ben jumps over this guy and stabs him from behind. I love it. It's
1: and such the symmetry, they're both surrounded and all yes. number. Yeah, it's just, there's so many great. The mirroring of it both with and two the, different they, locations. Yeah, and um, the ending of like, they come in unison. I love that, the dyad. Yeah, it.
0: it's, it's so nice. good. And again, the reveal when she reaches behind her head and she pulls back that empty yeah. hand and he pulls it back and he's like, eh, what are you going to do? And then yeah. let's just, you know, let's get to it, shall we? You know, it's just the swagger of Han Solo lived in Ben in those moments. And I yeah. was totally there for it. Yeah, um, an amazing entry to your top seven list. So let's keep right, going. Good. Let's go, let's go to number six. Okay. Um, your number six is Ahsoka and Vader in Rebels. And yeah. I have big feelings about Rebels. But this is your moment. This is your list. Tell us about your choosing
1: <laughs> this one. Okay, I mean, I so I I'm a huge fan of Rebels. I really liked Absolutely. Rebels. Um, and and uh, this moment in particular because there's so much that built up to this moment of like you know seeing like like as soon as you see ahsoka show up as fulcrum you're like does she know does she not know like like does she know that anakin has turned or like what does she think about all this you know so to like you know there, there was so much anticipation for this moment and and not you know i wasn't even sure if this moment would actually happen and then when it does and the helmet cracks open and then It's just, there's so much drama and the stakes are so high at that moment because the temple's about to collapse on them and she's trying to save Ezra and Canaan And then, Mm -hmm. and then the way, the ambiguous way it ended, we are like, wait, what what just happened? Is she dead? Is she not? Like, is she, where's she walking? What's that owl? Like, what's that? You know, like, it was just, it was just, there was so many, like it was just such an epic, huge moment. And uh, like, like like for all the like because of the history but also just the intensity of the battle itself and and the tragedy of it all like to see him like her fighting her old master and just Mm -hmm. i just really love that moment i think this might have been the moment i really fell in love with i was always liking rebels but this was probably the moment where i was like oh this show's amazing like this yeah and
0: you said it kind of as you were leading up to that but from the time ahsoka showed up in rebels like me the stride like it hit the stride and i've told this story too many times but like clone wars was not originally my jam like i watched it a little bit it was kind of annoying the whole snips and sky guys <laughs> thing. Like it just wasn't for me okay but for whatever point i was at in my life i was a grown-up i had a job i had kids when yeah. rebels came out um but what at some point when i caught it you know the beginning parts of rebels season one is a little bit Slapsticky, a little bit younger than you know, whatever, right? But very quickly, it hit a stride, and it is such a good Jedi story with Kanan knowing the tragedy he's been through, Ezra, the whole deal. And so, by the time Ahsoka shows up, of course, I'm fully in the tank, and we go, you know, the way it develops. And so, even the symmetry, and of course, George Lucas himself is the one that said it's like poetry, it rhymes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. George's thing, yeah. You know, you said, like you said, there's a shot, and I almost picked this as one of the gifts that I put up here where Ahsoka pushes Ezra back as the door is trying to close and he wants to come help. He pushes her back to stay here with Vader, (sighs) which is what Kanan does with Hera right at the end of Revels and that big sacrifice and that big moment. But the other thing I love so much about this is we get to, Ahsoka is one of the only people that gives Vader what he can handle. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah, can yeah. Ezra fight him in those other episodes before this, and right there, he's kind of just walking through him and pushing him aside. But like, she's strong in the Force for yep. everything she walked away from the training, the whatever. Like, this is a match where he kind, and I think he realizes that as he slides back right here and looks up. Yeah, there's that moment of like, oh crap, like I got to right. work at this a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eventually, the helmet gets cracked, and you see the eye, and it's mm-hmm. very powerful. In a series that I do believe is as you said, talking about High Republic, for me, Rebels is some of the best Star Wars storytelling we've gotten, certainly in the Disney era.
1: I agree. And I I mean I I, I still love Clone Wars, but I, I actually like Rebels better than Clone Wars. Like I, I really yeah, it's so cool to hear you say that.
0: It's it's very, very good. And again, I could write a dissertation just about Rebels, but we have five more choices to yeah. go, so we're gonna keep <laughs> going. Um so your number five is the aforementioned Kylo and Ray versus Snoke's guard. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to like this, but tell us about it for your
1: pick. Um, I guess similar to number seven for me, where it was, it was another moment where it was like, how are they going to get out of this? Like, there's just no way. And I couldn't see in the moment, it was a total surprise to me. Like I couldn't see where, where that what they were going to do. And when, when he, you know when kylo you know makes the saber turn and cut through smoke yeah i was like what <laughs> like it just caught me so off guard and then like like th- th- there's just such great lightsaber action in this and i love them going back to back i love kylo just like the the move where he like turns the lightsaber on and off with the guard behind him like yes you know, yeah. <laughs> um i love ray holding the cross guards like there's just uh there's some 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 great lightsaber action in here but mainly just just seeing them work together in this moment where their their goals are aligned for this brief moment was super exciting and just and uh and 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 also the um i feel like the imagery is iconic like like i don't i don't know a story reason why the the red curtain is there and it's all red but it it looks gorgeous like it It just like it's like Yeah, so I I really love this moment.
0: And the visuals are so much of a part of, obviously the visuals have always been a big part of Star Wars. Yeah. You know, if you do one of these, one of my favorite, I guess it's not a trope, but maybe I'll call it a trope. One of my favorite tropes is the Mount Rushmore. What is your Mount Rushmore of Mm. Star Wars imagery, rock band, song? Like you have to pick four if you're going to carve these four in stone. And so like, for me with Star Wars, if you say Star Wars and say visually, what do you see? The first two things that come up in my mm-hmm. head is the binary sunset on Tatooine with Luke standing on the edge of that little canyon or cliff. Nice. Yeah. And the second one right behind that is Empire with Luke and Vader shadowed crossing sabers. And you just get the oh, light yeah. of the sabers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the two of them. Yeah. And then there's like 27 other choices to make yeah. up the other two behind that but this could easily be one of them to your Mm -hmm. point yeah it's so visual the muted i mean kylo's in black rays in kind of this darkish gray right and then you've got two lightsabers and tons of red like it creates a very visually pleasing and of course the neat moments in this one like the rise of skywalker pick that you did is all the little stuff the saber through the helmet yeah the drop and catch oh yes yes yeah um you know, the guy, apparently these big circles on the floor are giant floor fans because at one point one of them goes in it and it's just like red chips fly oh out right. of it like a wood chipper, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know. And then, of course, you do get the reveal. The curtains catch on fire and there's a big window behind it. Right. They're looking yeah, out yeah. at, you know, the fleet and all that stuff. But um and,
1: and of course, the,
0: as Michael says, the fashion of Snoke, you know, the gold. Rug, yeah, the yeah, um, and the
1: breaking of the Skywalker saber, like that's yes, the saber, too. that okay. other big part, you know, that yeah.
0: big breaking moment of again, the visual separation between, you know, as they're back to back right here in this clip, you kind of almost envision that when that saber breaks apart and you've got the two yeah. halves and, yeah. you know, eventually it gets healed as it also does in rise of Skywalker. It just, there's so much great imagery. Yeah. Um, and that's why we love, that's one of the many reasons why we love these movies and these stories. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is an amazing pick and obviously one that's worthy of the list. Um, <laughs> Fanboy Cantina says the big fans seem like that might be an OSHA violation. <laughs> I completely agree that nobody's letting you walk around near a floor level wood chipper. Yeah. Um, what are we doing here? So as we move to number four, let's keep this going. Uh, your number four is Luke versus Vader in Empire Strikes Back. And yeah. again, I could write a whole book about this one. Oh, but yeah. This is your list. And I want to hear where this one hits you.
1: Um I think so so it, there there is something about that the, the silhouetted image of them mm-hmm. standing on the the carbon freeze chamber and their two sabers ignited that that just is iconic and like Absolutely. Um and 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 and, I, and maybe it's just because Empire is my favorite movie and 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 you know like the the, the emotional weight behind this battle um is so powerful like just the idea that he is is going to confront him and that this is this is the battle in which he learns that Vader is his father. Um the the you know seeing Luke um after his training on Dagobah, being able to put some of the skills in practice for the first time and flipping out of the carbon chamber and kind of being able to give him a little bit but then ultimately you know like what a shock it is to see him lose. Like what a, right. <laughs> like, well, like well, what an emotional and especially for a kid to see the hero get his hands cut off and like and defeated like like it's just there, there's so much like uh weight to this battle um and and, and yeah like i uh and just w- what this battle sets up but just that the, this uh it, it's it just it, it there's definitely like just the it, it, you i can't think of this battle without thinking of the twist of no I mm-hmm. you know it's like <laughs> That's what? Right. you know so like so there's some so i, I guess maybe it's because i connected to that moment but it just uh th- th- there's so much emotional weight to this to this battle that's so cool to me with that and doubt. and it's also real quick it's just yeah it to go from uh the episode 4 between Obi-Wan and the Death Star was cool but it, it's very tame and this sure. is the this to see this one next was definitely like oh wow they're doing flips <laughs> and like you know like yeah. there's a lot more quickness and and so yeah it's it was it was like a like not 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 the old lightsaber battles. Like, oh, amazing. That's
0: right. And and the weight of it, like you said, the emotional weight we get, obviously, the big reveal in it. But there's also that element playing through this, which is Yoda told Luke, don't go. You're not ready. Yep. And if that's exemplified, this scene, this little clip that we've got on the screen has a lot like Vader's one handing this like, he's yeah, just, wow. OK, OK. He's a little bit playing with him. You know, he starts throwing all the air conditioner vents at him and all that kind of stuff. Like he's toying with him a little bit because he knows and he knows who this kid is, but it's still powerful because what you get as we, again, transition eventually to Jedi and what we see in that, you know, the second round and all right, let's go again. Um, And that's what, Remy even said in their comment, "The one-handed fighting style by Vader—he's so confident because Luke doesn't have a chance."
1: I actually never thought about that. That's really cool.
0: It's—it's it's really, you know, it has to be an intentional because Luke isn't yeah, here. He's two-handed in it. Yeah, you know, he's sweating. Obviously, we don't know if Vader's sweating. He—I imagine Vader's always cool because he's got fans and stuff. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's got like liquid-cooled astronaut suits. Right, fine, right, right. But like, but again, he's one hand. He's just—he's got this under control, and he's trying to get him to the carbon chamber or you know whatever he's trying to do right um so it it really does carry the weight of the storytelling but it carries the weight of the relationships too which is i think that's something really neat in there yeah um and and you said something that i'm going to come back to with one of my bonus picks so i'll remember that i made a note um so number three for mark thompson lightsabers duel of the fates yeah Again, how how is this not end up on a list? It clearly did. Oh yeah. This is a big one. Tell us about this for you.
1: Um, I guess similar to what I was saying about going from episode four to episode five in terms of fight choreography and complexity, like this was like exponentially more. Like that, you know, like to see like Jedi, you know, at, at the at the height and the, the peak of their abilities and just yes. you know, the, the speed at which this battle what was fought and just and the, the first time you see a double-bladed lightsaber mm-hmm. like i remember just that, like the trailer like everyone was like what you know <laughs> so um the the colors of it the the two-on-one aspect is super exciting and something we'd never seen before and i'll, I'll just never forget you know qui-gon getting speared Obi Wan, no, and then just waiting for the force field, and as soon as that force field drops, and it's like, it was like it's yeah. so fast, and it, and it's them doing it, it's Ray Park and Ewan McGregor doing it, and it's just that that moment was just so intense, and like, you like I can't, I get goosebumps every time I see that, and it's just it's just so, it was so intense, and it's just like yes. I'm, like it blew me away.
0: It really is. And like you said, what we had varying degrees of lightsaber battles up to when we get this. We get yeah. a little tease at the beginning of this movie with Qui-Gon and Maul on Tatooine. It's short-lived. Right. But this is the big deal. This is the Super Bowl. This is, here we go. And I always remember, and it's in. It's once they get through those little power gates or whatever they are. Yeah. And they're right there where it all eventually, eventually ends up happening but this is fast when they're in the hangar. Oh yeah. But it kicks it up a notch once they get through those barrier and I love again we talked about this last week with Silver from Star Wars thrifting. You get those three barriers and you've got Maul on the end and he's just pacing like a caged animal. Uh-huh. You've got Obi- or Qui-Gon in the middle meditating sabers off down and then yeah. you've got Obi-Wan back there in the back and he's like I'm I'm ready to go. He's yeah. not quite as pacing as Maul is but he's right there like they're the difference between all of those, but yeah. all three of them get through that barrier and they're fighting around that circle, which again, OSHA violation, no rails on anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it kicks it up a notch, and I'll never forget. And every time I watch it, I look for it where there's a shot, and again, it's the three of them, but Ewan in the splittest of seconds goes behind his head to block yes! the one shot behind that's his the one. back, that's and the he one. comes right back around and it's yeah. seamless and it's and it's unbelievable it's that, so good that
1: is the moment why i picked this one because like every like, time it, it's like that, that's how all, did they do here. that yeah so
0: and again like you said ray park ewan mcgregor nick gillard like they're all you know you go watch those making of videos that came out with all these movies right and they're in there with those aluminum sticks that look like they've been beat to hell because mm-hmm. they've practiced this for months yeah yeah and yeah, they're yeah. It's so fascinating and we get more of that because you get the videos of Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver doing the same thing, practicing those fights and boxes and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just the speed at which this battle happens is really only rivaled by one other and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's so good and it was, again, it was so revealing to any of us who had seen everything before but we had never seen anything like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely wild. So, yeah. that being said, let's jump from number three to number two, which is Yoda versus Dooku in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> and I had to pick two different clips here because, first of all, Yoda hobbles in, <laughs> right. and he pulls that jacket back. <laughs> yep. And well, now my computer's being weird because that's not the. Whoa! uh, oh. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Here we go. So Yoda. Pulls his robe back and yeah. uses the force to call the lightsaber around his body.
1: Right, right, right. Like,
0: that was the point when the theater all gasped. Because, uh-huh. again, Yoda's been sandbagging this- everybody. He hobbles into the room. Yep. Doing his little deal. And then, oh, wait, here comes this other thing.
1: Yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. we
0: need to hear Mark's take on all of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if this will be controversial for people or not. Because, like, uh, I don't know how people feel about this moment or, the, or that movie. But, like, I... For for Yoda is my favorite character, right? And uh, so there's that, um, and then there was something that, like, I guess I never anticipated being able to see Yoda in a lightsaber battle, you know, sure. the, Not, before of before us Clone of a Wars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it was so, and and like you said, like they totally fake us out because they, you know, he comes in hobbling or whatever, and that's all we've yes. ever known of Yoda is just all we've like known you know. So, like, so, so I'm thinking maybe he just force pushes Dooku and knocks him out or, or something. But the moment where that lightsaber just level and he ignites <laughs> it, it like, like, it was, it was like I was at the Ziegfeld, uh, which is basically a thousand seat theater in New York City. So it, it, okay. it used to, it was the largest movie theater in New York City. They're not doing it in theaters anymore. The Ziegfeld's right. not moved there anymore. But anyway, so it's, it's so. That moment in the theater on opening night was like being at a rock concert or like a playoff game. Like everyone was like ah! and like yes. it was just so the energy was just crazy and then when he starts hopping around and <laughs> doing like yep. I was laughing so hard with like like giddy glee, glee. like it was like Absolute like I just yes. I was like in such like I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. And like, and it just, everybody was just going so nuts. And like, I almost put it as my number one because just, it was just, just seeing that moment in the theater was just amazing. And it just, I, I love, I love this battle. I, and I will
0: say, I was not at the Ziegfeld in New York City. I was in a movie theater. I was in a movie theater in Auburn, Alabama, with friends. Okay, and the reaction was the same. Okay, was, cool. That's awesome. It awful. was like if Auburn had beaten Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Oh, like, that's was great to big, hear! Big, yeah. loud, uh, <laughs> the cheer. But that was exactly it. We didn't. We had no idea even to expect this kind of thing right. from Yoda. Right. Like, of course, we have to assume we know he's nine hundred and something years older. at this point, eight seventy instead of nine hundred, whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> but like and for all of the and now none of them don't matter but when i was in my late 20s early 30s and i complained about the prequels too much because i was one of those people for the things that i complained about in the prequels this was never one of them like i loved this from the first moment i saw it yeah and i even thought about from the perspective of the digital effects people that created this like they told Christopher Lee or his stunt double, yeah. go out there, swing it around, we'll make the rest of it connect. Like, you know, you didn't have to stunt coordinate this one. You went swing some stuff, and we'll make sure it connects in post after it's we're done. Good. Yeah. Um, it's it's phenomenal. And again, for me, it's the reveal. He pulls that row back, and that saber just whoop, and it's a Yoda-sized saber. Of course yeah. it is. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. bigger, right. it's his. We have one of them. My kids have all gotten different sabers over the years. And at some point somebody got the Yoda one. And I think it's my favorite one because I know it's a little bit shorter because it's made for a short guy. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. Um, It's so much fun. And it definitely, you know, it's a bright spot in a movie that a lot of times everybody picks as their least favorite movie. Yeah, Um, yeah. So it, it's it's all good. And if you had picked it as your number one, you would have gotten no judgment here. It okay, would have been cool. Worthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that being said, let's transition to your number one, which I yeah. accidentally revealed a second ago, but isn't a surprise. Yeah. We've got Obi Wan and Anakin, Revenge of the Sith. Anakin, you were my brother. The whole yeah. deal. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Tell us about this for you. I mean, so. <sighs> Like this one has the culmination of all the things I liked about all the other ones. Cause like, you've got the intensity of lightsaber battles. You know, like if we're talking about kicking it up a notch, like the the, the speed at which they're fighting the length of this one, the, 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 the stakes of this one, like they're on this planet and the whole thing's dissolving the emotional intensity of this one. Like this, this has everything like, Whereas, like maybe *Best Bin* had more emotional intensity than it did physical intensity, this one is the perfect combination of, of everything. It's got intense emotional intensity and just unbelievable action and and and, and skill and just you know, and uh, and just in just you know, there was so much build up to this moment, uh, like the, all the prequels, like. Episode three could have been the trilogy, like they could right. they could have like, you know, just just taken the time period that episode three covers and made that the prequel trilogy, because this is what I think we were all wanting to see is, is, you know, so so, you know, all those years of wanting this moment and then getting to witness it and how and it's it's beautiful. Uh, like, it's also got the like the, the blue sabers against the lava of Mustafar. Yeah. It's just it's just a, and again, an iconic image um and then the tragedy at the end it's just it's you, you tear up when, when you mm-hmm. see like you were like a brother to me you know and That's um right. and then this is just on a personal note um this is when 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 this did come on dvd you know uh this is the one that me and my kid, my sons would act out and like we would we yes. would play the movie in the background and then reenact we would like <laughs> lightsaber battle over the couch and like i'd be on the couch and, like i have the high ground you know <laughs> and like Absolutely. you know like you know and so that was like a tradition for us as for for, for several years, we would just act out the scene and say the lines to each other. And, uh, so this one's just important to me for a lot. Oh, it really
0: is so good. And I love, and like the bottom right image that we have here Yeah, on the screen is the two of them, like neither one of them are hitting each other, (laughs) but they're doing (laughs) their thing
1: Yeah, yeah. because
0: ultimately when it comes down to it, you've got a master and his direct apprentice young, like they're an equal match for each other. And they have that moment when they're fighting on that conference table and they both go do the force push at the same time and they're yep. just stuck. Um, and so it is, you know, when it comes down to it, the shot in the top when they're fighting on the lava. And again, they're matching each other all throughout this. I did put up the other one where Anakin kicks Obi Wan and he just does a backflip and lands on his feet, like, because that's what you do when you get kicked in the face. Right. Um, <laughs> but it really is so good. Such a commentary on, and I rewatched. Attack of the Clones a month or so ago, just as we do as Star Wars fans, randomly right. like, what am I putting on tonight? And when we got to this scene, and I think part of it as I get older, part is if I have conversations with Star Wars friends, guests of the show, um, the found family, you or my brother, like that line hit me harder oh, than yeah. it had in previous times I watched it. Because wow. one, I love you and McGregor's Obi-Wan. So the emotion in it is so good and so real. Can't tell you how I'm excited for the oh. Obi-Wan series. Like, yeah, me too. that's the thing a fan of my age is most ready. Like, Mandalorian's fun. I love it. I want the Obi-Wan series. Tell me what we get. Tell me yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's so much in this about two equals, and when it comes down to it, it's the end. It's the high ground. It's the yeah. angry guy who's so mad he can't see past his own anger and rage to realize he's lost and that's what that's what his downfall is and that's a picture of vader and that's a picture of his blindness to what palpatine tricked him into and it just there's so much packed into what could just be a laser sword fight yeah um and you know again similar thing back the behind the scenes stuff of this and um hayden and ewan like just swinging swinging those swords doing their thing like yeah. It's amazing. It, it really is so fun. Yeah. Um, your list is phenomenal. Like these are choices. I don't know all how right, you. Kid, I was nervous. You, know, <laughs> you did a fantastic job. There's okay, no yeah. nerves at all. all right. And I did add bonus selections, not because your list is unworthy, but because there's so many great choices. Yeah. And two of my favorites happen to not land on your list. So if you will indulge me, sure. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do two of these real quick. Um, The first one is Obi-Wan and Maul on Rebels. I was very tempted. I almost put it on the list, yeah. And this whole episode is so great. You know, Maul is driven purely by rage for Kenobi, and it stems from Fanta's Menace. I love that that's Maul's arc. I love Mm -hmm. that everything that drives him. We get it in Clone Wars Season 7. When Ahsoka shows up, he says to her, I was expecting Kenobi. Like, Mm -hmm. he does his deal. Yeah. And, you know, who are you? That's his thing. All he wants is this. He wants to be able to get revenge for being cut in half and having to have robot spider, then robot legs. Like, that drives him. And what I love about this, and this is not my original thought. I don't know who originally I read it on. I read it on Twitter. Somebody's talked about it. Obi-Wan at this age and stage and what we see going forward in his fight with Vader in New Hope this is a fight of efficiency. Yes. Obi-Wan yeah. doesn't have to like, this is three hits and it's over. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You have and the whole that's battle. Right here. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, we've got the entire battle in this one gift, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's Obi-Wan and yeah, there's a, totally. d- it's a conscious decision. And one of the things I love so deep in the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi is that the time he meditated, the time he communed with Qui-Gon, the time he learned the things he needed to know before he gets to Luke on the death star and makes that sacrifice to Vader. Yeah, this was an intentional choice. It didn't have to be long and drawn out. I'll do these two things, and then it's over. Yeah. And then what I don't have in the clip is he catches Maul. Like yeah. there's still compassion there. Yeah. Like yeah, he catches totally. him. He and Maul ask him, you know, is this one? Is this the chosen one? And he says it is. Yeah. Everything about this, it just it's so good, and it's three seconds of animation that. Yeah to me, is prime Star Wars. It no, really you're does. right. Yeah. It, it honors both of the characters because right before Maul makes his attack, he unveils both of those blades. He does the big, you know, twisty, twisty, twisty look at me. <laughs> and then Obi-Wan, it's kind of like Indy shooting the sword guy in Raiders. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, we're done here. What else? You know, no, where are we totally. going from here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Obi-Wan essentially with his sword is saying, We don't have time for this. <laughs> yeah. um, so I love that one. So that's one of my choices. The second choice that I had as my bonus selection was no surprise. Um, actually, that's supposed, oh, yeah. to say Obi- that's supposed to say Obi-Wan oh, so versus good. Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I mistyped that. So oh, forgive yeah. me, viewers. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka <laughs> in season seven Ahsoka. of The Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. Um, again. The fight is so good. Oh, totally. We have talked and every week that a new episode of Bad Batch comes out. One of the big things we hear about is how good the animation is. The visual effects, the way that these shots look. Um, that is phenomenal. And then the icing on the cake for this scene is the fact that they got Ray Park and they got Lauren Mary Kim in mocap suits to do these fights. To come in there and do the scenes for real and then animate it. So this isn't strictly drawn. like This is real fighting, real scenes. And there's a scene with Ahsoka early on in this fight where she's in that similar ray mode where she drops the saber and catches it on the other side in order to get an advantage on Maul.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: I love everything about this. And I will say, and Framie hits it exactly as I'm about to have the words come out of my mouth, They say you can totally tell that Ray Park was Mosher captioned from all. It's unmistakable. If you follow Ray Park on Instagram, he does tons of like workout videos where he'll do, you know, his various martial arts. He'll do saber stuff. And there's a very specific the jump double hit thing that he does is how he opens this battle. And when you see it animated, you're like, I've seen that on Instagram a hundred times (laughs) with the real guy. Totally. It's so cool to me that they were able to go, how can we make this even cooler? Let's get real people to do the fight and then animate it. Yeah. Um, And that coupled with Ralph McQuarrie era lightsabers, skinny long, like everything about that is my star Wars love language. So there's no way this couldn't be my other bonus selection.
1: Yeah, both of those, I, I was very, I wrestled with wanting them both of those on there. So, oh, that's and that's understandable,
0: no them. doubt. Uh, yeah. No judgment, like I said. <laughs> um, but these have been your list is amazing and your stories are amazing. And the fact that you're willing to come on and hang out with us tonight and talk about your career, which of course so many people adore audiobooks, like I said, audiobooks have such a huge audience right now. Audiobook audience, that feels weird to say, but, um, <laughs> But, like, that's a big part of reading because people travel and commute. People yeah. work at jobs where they can listen to something. Um, and it allows us to consume more Star Wars as we go along. And so, I really think it's such a neat part of this fandom that you get to have such an impacting role on. And so, definitely, thank you for that. Um, it's like I'm thanking you for the job that you do and you get paid <laughs> for it. So, it's, you know, maybe a little bit weird, but it really is cool. But I think what's cool about it, is your love for this fandom is apparent in the work that you do. Oh, and, you that means know, a lot If it me. was just a job, it'd be one thing, but you love star Wars. And so that makes it that much better. Like you're yeah. excited to do it. And that comes through in the work that you do. So as a star Wars fan, we all thank you for that. Oh, wow. um, as we get ready to wrap up, Do you have anything? Obviously, there's more books coming. We hope that you're going to get to work on them. We're not going to ask you to reveal anything you can't reveal. (laughs) Um, But is there anything you want to plug? Is there anywhere that people can connect with you? I will say, um, and I've got where's my banners, Um, Mark, you're on Twitter as Captain Ehud. You're also Captain Ehud on Instagram. We want everybody to check that out if y'all don't follow Mark's YouTube channel, Mark does great trailer <laughs> reaction videos. A lot of times yeah. with his family. Yeah. And so we do have phase what, five of Marvel that we're coming into. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We're yeah. all desperately awaiting a Spider-Man trailer, but y'all do some great <laughs> trailer move trailer videos. And oh so yeah.
1: <laughs> I want everybody to check that out, but what else? Is there anything else that you'd like to plug? Uh, no, you hit them all. And then I, I think the, what uh, I think the thing I'm allowed to talk about, there's a few things coming up yeah. that I'm not allowed to talk about, but Sure. the one that i they have announced is that they're doing a original high republic audio drama and this one is a a multicast. so okay. so it's it's several different actors and actresses uh doing an original piece about lorna d who's one of the tempest runners and it, i think it's called uh Tem- that the audio drama is called tempest runner but that should be coming out end of this month and it's okay. really cool there's some great actors in that and and it's uh it's a really cool story. So you get a lot of background information on her. So it's really cool.
0: That's outstanding. Well, I can't wait to one, get caught up on high Republic and I'm going to do it with my friend, Mark. I'm going to listen to all these other audio books. That'll be a great (laughs) way to go. Um, and, and eventually get to that one as well (laughs) to to play a little catch up. Yeah, no Um, rush. But, uh, but truly thank you so much for hanging out tonight. This has been a big pleasure for me. Um, I know that our listeners and viewers have enjoyed it tonight. Your audio, our audio listeners, we hope that y'all enjoy it as well and that you'll go follow Mark if you aren't already. Um, as far as podcast of the wills, we are on most of your social media things. We are at wills pod that is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'll tell you right now, and I've said this on previous shows I'm too old for TikTok, <laughs> but we have a TikTok. And we're putting out some promo videos just hoping to draw more folks to the show because we want people to enjoy the fun, positive show that we get to do and these amazing guests that we get to hang out with. So if you're not following us on any of those, check it out. Audio listeners, if you ever want to catch the video versions of this, we are youtube.com forward slash podcast of the wheels. Check it out. I put my poor Photoshop skills on screen as well as GIFs, videos, videos. anything to kind of help take the attention off of my weird looking face and all of our handsome guests. Um, So check out the show on YouTube, check it out on the podcast rewind. Thank everybody so much for hanging out in the live chat tonight. Y'all are always so much fun and add so much to the conversation and we will be together again next week for another great episode. So until then, may the force be with you always.